With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Kedushan Daf Nun Dalad, page 54. We begin the very last two words of Nun Gimel Mabez, page 53b. Amarav, Rav said, Chazarno Akult Stodim Shel Rabbi Meir. We look through all of the statements that Rabbi Meir made. We never find that he says elsewhere that in regards to hektish, so if you unintentionally use it, that it is not going to be profaned, but if you intentionally use it, it will be profaned. We don't find that to be true elsewhere. We do find it to be true, says Rashi, that Rabbi Meir would hold that you do have me'ilo when it comes to money of hektish, meaning if you did it unintentionally, if you unintentionally used it, it would become profaned. So that's what we find in general. We don't find him saying what he says over here. So what's the understanding? Why does he say it over here? Mishnah Seinu, because kahuna balu. And the case of our Mishnah is talking about a case where you have the clothing of a Kohen, of a priest, and it hasn't yet become worn out. And so what's the halacha? Since it's something that was permitted to be allowed to have enjoyment, to use them, since it's since the Torah is not given to angels, right? So therefore, since we have this Kohen, and he's going to end up using the clothing that he's wearing, even when he's not actually performing the service in the base HaMikdash, that being the case, so no matter what, it's going to have to happen that he's going to end up using it. So since the Torah says that they're allowed to use it, and if they do use it by accident, meaning they weren't using it anymore for the purpose of serving in the base HaMikdash, nevertheless, it doesn't lose its holiness. So to over here in our case, if let's say he tries to marry a woman with it, it doesn't lose its holiness. B'shoigig, unintentionally, ain't mischal. It doesn't lose its holiness. But if you intentionally went and you tried to be mechalalit, so if you intentionally went and tried to profane it, so then indeed it will lose its holiness. So even though normally we say that there's a concept of me'ila, me'ila means that it loses its holiness if you use it unintentionally. According to Rabbi Meir, in this case, since it's something that was allowed to be used by the Kohenim unintentionally, so here when it's used unintentionally, it won't lose its holiness, and only if it's done intentionally. Toshima, let's bring a proof that perhaps this is incorrect. Rabbi Meir says, expressly when it comes to these clothing of a priest, so if they have become worn out, so then they return to their ability to, to lose their holiness if they're used unintentionally. So the Gemara says, Maybe this is even talking about the fact that not only if it's tr- not only is this true in a case where it's already worn out, but even if it wasn't worn out, there also applies me'ila to it, and then that would destroy what Rav said. The Gemara says, It's not true. It's specifically because it wore out. So now once it's worn out, and it's not going to be used by a Kohen anymore, more in his normal service, so therefore it's no longer permitted for him to use it by accident. And since it can't be used by accident, if one did use it by accident for some purpose, it loses its holiness. Toshima, bring you another proof. Rashi says that what we're talking about here is that there are different boxes, different uh, pushkas, call them, tzedakah boxes, where people would bring the tzedakah, the charity that they're going to bring to the temple. So there was newer charity that was owed from this year. Let's say a person promised he's going to bring a certain amount of money for the temple this year. So he puts it in the box, which is called chadatin, the newer boxes. And then when it comes to the older, let's say he had promised last year to bring the money and had not yet brought that money. So they put that in the older boxes, it's called the Atikin, the older boxes. So now, in regards to the newer boxes, so there's a concept of Me'ila. We're going to see soon why. There is a concept of, there's a holiness that can be profaned. However, when it comes to the older things, so here the Tanakhama holds that there is no Me'ila, it's not possible to profane those things. Rabbi Meir Omer, Rabbi Meir says, Mo'ilin af batikim. It is possible to even profane the old things. Shehai Rabbi Meir Omer, Rabbi Meir used to say, Mo'ilin bishiri halishcha. What would they use the old money for? They would use it for the shiri halishcha the leftovers 
use of the this money, and they would use it for all kinds of different things. We're going to see soon what it was used for. Now, the Gemara says, Why is this so? Why does every mayor say that it's possible to lose its holiness if you use it by accident? Why don't we say that since it's that money, what's it going to be used for? For something that people do benefit from. Because the Torah is not given over to angels, meaning it's something that people will benefit from. What would they use that money for? The older money, they would use it to help fix up the walls of the, of Jerusalem and for its towers. So that's something, the walls, a person, if he's walking by and he leans against the wall or he stands in the shade of the wall, it's something that people will indeed get benefit from. So therefore, that, that being the case, so according to what we said earlier, Sir Rabbi Meir should hold that if it's something that people do indeed get benefit from it naturally, because the Torah was not given to angels, so if Rav is correct, so then we should say in regards to this that it's, that doesn't have me'ila. You can't take it out of its holiness since since it was already given over to be used. The Tanah as we learned in the Mishnah, the walls of the city and its ramparts called Tzarchei Ha'ir, and all of the needs of the city itself, they're used. The the way we pay for that is from the leftovers of this money, the older monies. So, Lo'yteimah Rabbi Meir. So Gemara says, no, you don't have to say that that Mishnah or that Baraisa is actually Rabbi Meir. Rather, change it. Ela'eimah Rabbi Yehuda. Rather, it's Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda holds that you do have Mi'ilah. You can talk about unintentionally uh, bringing something out of its holiness, even in regards to something which the Torah has permitted its use in a normal way. So, if you use it in a way which is not the normal way, so for instance, by, by a woman, where you try to marry her with that thing, and you do it by accident, so those customs, kahuna, those clothing of the of the coins, since they're not being used in the normal way, Rabbi Yehuda would indeed hold that in fact you can be mauled, you can bring it out of its holiness, and you would have to bring a korban me'ila. Tashima, I'll bring you another proof, the time we have a b'raisa. If let's say you have one of the stones of the, the wall of Jerusalem that fell out of the wall, so Rabbi Meir says that in fact there is a concept of Mila, you can bring them out of their holiness. So again, we see that even though it's something that was given over to to be used for, let's say you need to stand in its shade, nevertheless, if you're going to use it for some other purpose that's not normally given over for, Rabbi Meir seems to say that in fact it will go, it will lose its holiness. Mar says again, late time Rabbi Meir, late Rabbi Yehuda. Don't say that that brisa is Rabbi Meir, but rather change it to be Rabbi Yehuda. So Mar says, wait, e Rabbi Yehuda, Yerushalayim Mekacha. If it's Rabbi Yehuda, does Rabbi Yehuda say that Jerusalem itself has holiness, which was implied by this brisa? But we have a Mishnah. That if a person wants to make some kind of vow, he wants to make something consecrated upon himself. So you can say it should be like a sheep, meaning a sacrifice. It should be as holy as a sheep, which is a sacrifice. So that means it should be as holy as a group of animals or a group of uh, pieces of wood that are holy in the base of Megdash, in the temple. It should be as holy as fire offerings. It should be as holy as the sanctuary. Or it should be as holy as the altar itself or as holy as Jerusalem. So all of these things are considered a vow, meaning you've made that thing, you've consecrated it. So that's the Tanakama. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Rabbi Yehuda says, however, whoever says Jerusalem, so he hasn't said anything. So clearly it seems that Rabbi Yehuda would hold that Jerusalem itself is not consecrated. So how can we say that the previous Bryce is Rabbi Yehuda? And if you want to say, why does Rabbi Yehuda say that if you say Jerusalem, you want to make something holy, Jerusalem, so that doesn't work? Because you didn't say it like Jerusalem, that's the problem. Vahatanya, the Gemara says, we have a Bryce that says not the way Rehuda I'm a I'm a key Yerushalayim whoever says that it should be like Jerusalem so Jerusalem doesn't have holiness you can't consecrate something by saying this should be holy like Jerusalem because Jerusalem is not holy intrinsically it only works when you
you say, I'm going to make a vow that this thing should be consecrated like something which is brought in Jerusalem, meaning a sacrifice. We turn to Nandalad on my base, page 54b. So Gemara answers, no, in fact, Rabbi Yehuda would hold that Jerusalem is indeed holy. There are two different Tanoim, and they're both saying what Rabbi Yehuda says. One holds that Rabbi Yehuda said that Jerusalem is indeed holy, and one says that no, Jerusalem is not holy. And therefore we can still say that that previous Brisa is indeed Rabbi Yehuda, and it's not Rabbi Meir. Amar Ula Mishmeda Barpada. Ula says in the name of Barpada as follows. And now we're going to fall off of that which Rav said. We're going to go back to the explanation that Rabbi Meir holds, that in regards to Hektish, if you do it intentionally, it's going to lose its holiness. Why? Because you did something intentionally to take off its holiness. However, if you did it unintentionally, like we said on Gimel Mabez in 53b, so then it's not going to lose its holiness, because you didn't realize what you were doing, you didn't want it to be done, and therefore it doesn't lose its holiness. That's how we explained previously. Now, I'm your Rabbi Meir. He used to say like this. Rabbi Meir used to say, Hektish v'mezid mischal. In regards to something which is consecrated, so if you do it intentionally, it loses its holiness. B'shagigin mischal. But if you do it unintentionally, it does not lose its holiness. The only time that we find that something loses its holiness is only in regards to the fact that if you try to profane the holiness of it, so you have to bring a korban mi'ilah, a special sacrifice, for trying to profane it. So the Gemara says, wait, that can't be. If the fact is that you didn't accomplish any creating any profane state of this of this holy object, so then why do you have to bring a korban? You haven't done anything. You haven't affected anything. When Ravin came, he explained in the name of Barpada, Rameir says as follows, If you did it intentionally, so it loses its holiness. But if you did it unintentionally, it does not lose its holiness. When we said that unintentionally, it does create that it becomes profane. It's only in regards to eating. Meaning, if you had done something to consume the, the object of Hektish, the consecrated object, and now that that object is no longer around, so then indeed you can succeed in destroying the holiness of that object. However, if you haven't consumed it, let's say you did a sale with the money that had been consecrated, and the money still exists in the world, so then it does not lose its holiness, and in fact, it will remain consecrated as long as it was done unintentionally. Now, Bilvad, that's the only case. Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Adabar Ahava. Rav Nachman said in the name of Rav Adabar Ahava, Halacha ki Rabbi Meir b'Maiser, ha'il v'stamlo in Tanakh The Halacha will be indeed like Rabbi Meir in regards to Maiser Shani. We said that Rabbi Meir holds that in regards to the second tithe that has to be brought to Jerusalem, so it's considered Mamon Gavo, it's considered God's money, so to speak. So we will paskin like him, because we're going to bring a b'raisa that says like him. Halacha ki Rabbi Yehuda b'Hektish. And in regards to Hektish, so we're going to hold like Rabbi Yehuda, that in fact you can be machalit, there is a concept of me'ila when you do it unintentionally, but not when you do it intentionally. Since we also have a b'risa that says like that, and it doesn't say who the name of the b'risa is. Anytime we don't have a name in the b'risa, so then we can usually assume that the, the psak, how we, how we hold the halacha, is going to be like that. What is the case of Rabbi Meir like by Meiser that proves that indeed in regards to Meiser Shane, it's considered Mamagavoa, belongs to, to God. The time we learned in the Mishnah. When you have the fourth year fruits, or the fourth year of the vineyard. So it has to be brought to Jerusalem. It's very similar to Maeser Shani. Now, Beishamai Amrim, Ein Chamish Ve'en Beer. So Beishamai says, no, you don't have any concept of taking off a fifth, meaning if you exchange it, you don't have to take off a fifth, and you also don't have to burn it if it gets to the time when you're supposed to normally burn things. Meaning, because Beishamai, we're going to see, holds that we don't connect it to Maeser Shani. Beishilo Amrim, Beishilo say, however, Yeshlo. We do have both of these concepts, because we do compare it to Maeser Shani. 
says, that in regards to this stuff, karamavai, so it has, for all intents and purposes, it's considered exactly like the person's regular stuff. And therefore, there's a concept of parrot. Rashi explains what's the concept of parrot. That's where, when you're collecting all of your tool, all of your grains, or whatever it is, in this case, your, your grapes, if anything falls onto the floor, so you have to leave it there for poor people. That's parrot. And then you have ololus. Ololus is any, any stalk of, let's say, a vine, which has only one single cluster on it. And it doesn't have multiple clusters on it, so that you also have to leave for the poor people. So that's what Beishamai holds. You have to leave that over because it's considered like regular stuff. Beishil holds, no. Since this is not considered yours, it's because we connected to Meister Shani, so therefore, since it's considered God's, so you don't have to leave over anything for the poor people. My time of the Beishil, what's the reason of Beishil? The Gamri Kaidesh, Kaidesh Mi Meiser. We learn out from the fact that it says holy in regards to by the fourth year of vineyard stuff, the fourth year gro- grapes, and it also says holy in regards to Meiser. My Meiser, just like when it comes to Meiser Shani, so you have to add on a fifth if you exchange it. And you also have to burn it by a certain time. So to regards to the fourth year fruits, so you also have to take off a fifth if you exchange it, and it has to be burned by a certain time. And Beishamai does not learn out holy, holy from Meiser. This Abbe Silo says that they hold that Kamravai is like Meiser. Like whom do they hold? If it would be like a Yehuda, legas. Why would the entire thing be able to be taken away? Why, can, why, why don't you have to leave anything over for the poor people? Ha'amar Meiser Momen Hedid Hu. Yehuda holds that no, that that when you have Meiser Shani, it's considered like regular people stuff. It doesn't belong to God, and therefore you would have to leave over the the extra stuff for the poor people. Elalav Kerebi Meir. It's clear that Beis Hillel holds like Rabbi Meir, and therefore it's a proof because whenever we have Beis Hillel, we always passing like Beis Hillel as opposed to Beis Shammai, and therefore it's a proof that Rabbi Meir is correct, that Meister Shane is considered Mamagavoa, it's considered that it belongs to God. The Gemara says, Kerebi Yehuda Behekdesh Mahi. What is the proof that Rabbi Yehuda is correct in regards to Hekdesh? The Tanah, we have a Mishnah. Shilach Miyabikeach, let's say somebody sent money, which was actually Hekdesh, and he sent it in the hands of a regular person, V'nizgar Shilach Hegia Eitzel Chenvoni. And as the, the messenger was going to bring this money to buy something, let's say, for the person who sent him, so the person who sent him realized before he got to the storekeeper that in fact that money belonged to Hekdesh, belonged to the temple. Chenvoni Mal. So since, who was the one who was making the mistake? So the person who made the mistake was the Chenvoni, was the storekeeper. So therefore, he's the one who has to bring the carbon meili. He's the one who's considered that he profaned the holy stuff. L'cheshayotzi, as soon as the money is used. So what do we see? We see that in fact you can indeed profane something which is hekdesh, which belongs to the temple. And therefore, we see like Rabbi Yehuda. Another Gemara asks, Rabbi Yehuda, do we not have a mishnah that would indeed prove like Rabbi Yehuda in regards to Meiser Shani that it belongs to that the Meiser Shani, even though he's bringing it up to Jerusalem and it has a certain holiness, but nevertheless is considered that it belongs to the person himself. But tonight, we have a Mishnah. If, if a person goes and he redeems his own Shani, So there's a concept. If you're doing your own thing, if you're redeeming the Meister Shani, which is yours, so you have to you have to add on the fifth. Whether it was his originally, whether it was given to him as a present. Now the only way that we could be talking about the fact that it might be a present is only if it's considered yours. Because if it's Mamangavoa, if it belongs to the temple, belongs to God, so you can't give it over as a present. Money, who is it? If it's Rabbi Meir, can you give it over as a present? He holds that it's considered that it belongs to the temple, belongs to God. So it's a clear proof that we're talking about Rabbi Yehuda. His shita is that it's considered that it belongs to the person himself, 
and therefore he can indeed give an or as a present. The Mar says, Loi, no, Loi and Rabbi Meir. Really, I'll tell you that it is Rabbi Meir. So how can he give it or as a present? And what's the case we're talking about here? He gave it to him before he actually took off the Meiser Shani, meaning when it was still Tevel, when it was still mixed up between the holiness and the unholy stuff, it's called Tevel. So, so when he gave it over like that as a present, so then you can indeed give it over to, to go out from your possession into someone else's possession, because at that point it's not yet considered Mama Gavah, it doesn't yet belong to the temple, to, to God, so to speak. And this goes like the Shita that holds that if you haven't yet taken off the tithes, so it's not considered that they're taken off, meaning there is no holiness mixed up with unholiness, but rather it's considered that it's the person's, he can give it over to someone else, when the other person gets it, it's considered his, and therefore once he takes off the Meiser Shani, if he wants to redeem it, he'll have to add on a fifth as well. Tashima will bring you a proof. If a person is coming to redeem his fourth year stuff, his fourth year fruits, again it says here, that he adds on a fifth, whether it's his or whether it was given to him as a present. Money. So who is this? If we're talking about Rabbi Meir, can he give it over as a present? We learn out, holy, holy, just like it says in regards to Meiser Shani that you can't give it over as a present. Why? Because it's considered that it belongs to God. So over here you wouldn't be able to give it over as a present when we're talking about the fourth year fruits. So it's a proof again that it's Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda holds that it's considered that it belongs to the person himself and you can't give it over as a present. The Gemara says, no, again, we can really say that it's Rabbi Meir. So what's the case over here? Because we can't say, like the previous case, that you gave it over before it took on its holiness when it was still Tevel, when it was still a mixture. There's no mixture here. This is just fourth year stuff. What's the case over here? There is a case where it's before its holiness. When he gave it over, when it was still unripe, because it only gets its holiness when it becomes ripe. Not like the Shita of Rabbi Yaisi, the Amar Smadar, Asim Ibn Shupri. Rabbi Yaisi holds no, that when it's unripe, in fact, so it still has holiness in it. It's still considered a fruit. But what we're saying here is that Rabbi Meir would hold that no, it's not considered holy because it hasn't ripened yet. We're going to try to bring a different proof. If, let's say, a person did Meshicha, he pulled the object, meaning we're talking about Meiser here, someone's trying to buy something of Meiser, some fruit, let's say, of Meiser, and it's Meiser Shani, and when he originally did the Meshicha, he hadn't yet paid, and it was worth $1. And before he had a chance to actually pay for it, it went to worth $2. So only pays is the original value, which is a dollar, and he actually profits that extra dollar, and it's considered his money. So who is this? If it's a mayor who holds that it's mom and gavo, it's considered that it belongs to God. So why do, you, why do you have to pay only one dollar? You have to pay the full value. Because it, only when you give the money is a transfer from one rishus, from one domain to another. That's what the Torah says. So here it's a proof that in fact it's Rabbi Yehuda and, and, and when it comes to Meister Shani it's considered mom and It's considered a regular person's money. It doesn't belong to God, so to speak. So the Gemara says, Indeed, it is Rabbi So we have only one that seems to imply like Rabbi Yehuda, but we have two that imply like Rabbi Meir, and that's why we go like Rabbi Meir. So the Gemara says, wait, if the, How do we learn out from the fact that it's a stama, that if it doesn't say who it is? If it doesn't say who it is, so clearly Rabbi, when he wrote this Bryce or this Mishnah, he held that this is the Halacha. So what's the difference if you have one or two? It shouldn't make any difference at all. 
So the Gemara answers, Amar Nachman, Rav Nachman Yitzchuk says, Halacha ke Rebbe Meir. The halacha is like Rebbe Meir. Why? Not just because we have a Stam Baraisa or Stam Mishnah. Since we have the Mishnah that shows that it's like Rebbe Meir, which is the one where we had the argument between Meshama and Meshilo, since that was said in the Mishnah in Edios, and all the Mishnahis in Edios are very strong and powerful, and the Psak, the halacha is always like them, so therefore we see that from that fact that we have in that Mishnah, that it says like Rebbe Meir, that it's Mamun Gavoa, that's considered the money of God. So therefore, that's how we know that we pass in like Rabbi Meir.